Hello, and welcome back to the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, coming to you from the Bratwurst Station behind the 10th tee at Mammoth Dunes, and this is Season 3, Episode 4. In this second installment of the Americans in Wisconsin Roundtable with erstwhile friends of the show, Matt and Fred, we pick up where we left off in this season's Episode 2, moving the discussion this time from the Sand Valley course to the insights on the Sandbox Short course on the Mammoth Dunes course, and to the luxury resort experience that happens to offer golf that really is the Sand Valley Resort. Before we jump back in with Matt and Fred, a reminder that the Blind Shots podcast is a member of the Talking Golf Network of Shows, which you can find at TalkingGolf.com, that's with just one G, where you'll find the best podcast for serious golfers from a collection of golfers with faces custom made for radio. Hey, there are reasons that these shows are podcasts and not on YouTube. Remember that you're invited to interact with this show on Twitter at BlindShotsPod, as well as on Instagram. We don't set out to stir the pot and rile people up around here, but if you like or dislike something you've heard, just let us know. Finally, a reminder that the Blind Shots podcast is sponsored by me, David Hill. In addition to playing, talking, and writing about golf, I'm a licensed Kentucky realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors. I work with homeowners buying and selling their homes, and also work with investors and businesses on their commercial property needs here in central Kentucky. You can find all my contact information at davidhill.rhr.com. If you have a real estate question, if you want to know what a realtor can do for you, reach out to me and we can start a conversation. And with that, let's get back to the discussion on the adventures at Sand Valley. The Sandbox is the par three, the, the short course at uh, the Sand Valley Resort. It's 17 holes. I think the the marching orders for the, the architects, that's Cork and Shaw as well. And they said, you can do anything you want. It just can't be 18 holes. So they built 17 holes. And it is a dual um, dual putting course and traditional par three course. Uh, now, I made the mistake of assuming that we would be able to get a tee time for that a month or two in advance. Uh, I wanted to see what everybody's travel plans were. I'll stop assuming that in the future. So we were not, it was sold out. The, the latest tea time they had for either day was about one or two in the afternoon, which is not exactly golden hour, end of the day shenanigan time. So we tried it first thing in the morning. I'll give you uninterrupted time, both of you, for a stump speech to curse me for whatever. What did you think of playing of the communal par three short course experience that first morning. Oh, I'll go. Um, (laughs) um, I was really into it. I thought it would be fun. I had visions of the cradle and I was like, I'm not going to miss the cradle. Um, I had um, a couple cups of coffee in the morning to get ready to go. Um, I was not able to see all of the 17 holes um, due to some primal um, problems that originated from the coffee. Um, I had to scamper back to uh, our lodging. Um, so uh, my brief time there was um, was exhilarating on a golf and, and um, a more natural ish front i would say so um it it looked great it was fun um but i i uh i definitely didn't enjoy it as much as i would say i didn't think as much of it as i i would say that i enjoy the cradle uh down in pinehurst um and i didn't get to see all the holes so i don't want to i don't want to 
you know, sell it short or anything. You guys saw more holes than I did. Um, I will go on to say that after our first day, you know, our first um, 26 holes or, or yeah, 26 holes, 32 holes, 36 holes. Yeah. 36 holes. That first day I was not going back to second. Um, I, I had, I had, I had, you know, known probably the back nine of our second 18 holes that I was going to sleep as much as I could the next morning. Sorry. That, very, that's very it. kind. Very gracious of you, Fred, Matt, your turn. Yes. Yes. Um, it's not the cradle and, and that's okay. Right. The, the cradle is its own special thing. Um, I thought it was good. Um, it was, it, it offered some longer shots. Um, not, not super long. Um, but you know, that when you've got 17 holes, you can play with the distance a little bit more. Um, and again, we had a different experience going first thing in the morning is a different experience. There was no one out there. I mean, like you said, there was no tea times for three hours after us or something. Right. <laughs> and the poor Ranger guy had to come out there to, to tell us what was going on. And he was probably thinking, I, there's a lot of things I could be doing other than <laughs> telling these yahoos this, but. Um, and Matt, I'm mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt you, but that's what happens when you, you know, Dave wants to go at 515 in the morning, it felt like. <laughs> Central time. Central time. We picked up an hour. No, that's, that makes makes all yeah. the difference. Yeah. There uh, you go, Dave. Um, Stick to your guns, bud. Um, no, I, I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was nice. Um, I also did not play it the second day. Not, that had nothing to do with the course. That had more to do with me limiting the number of steps in my far too old shoes, um, and I decided I'd go hit you know hit the range for for a few swings and call it a day. So, um, but no, I mean it's they, they seem to be having a heck of a lot of fun um, during the evenings out there because we were playing Mammoth Dunes that first night, and you could hear them hooting and hollering from from over at the sandbox as we were playing, and they and. We weren't right next to it. So they were clearly they were clearly having a good old time over there. Yeah, there's a lot of lodging right there by the sandbox, which I think is unique. And so, yeah, if we had stayed there, I would have fought. I would have bribed for tea times because it would have been it just would have been what we did. Instead of going down to the lake by the, the fire and hanging out, it would have been, OK, let's go putt this. Um, I'm going to add a lot to this because I really enjoyed the sandbox. There's a couple of things you should know. Um, You're right. It was a more diverse set of shots and clubs. There was one hole that was 160 yards. So seven or eight iron, you know, you, you might do well to carry um, for one of those. Um, Here's the thing. The distances at the sandbox are set. Um, There's a, the total distance is set but it moves around every hole, all those shovels. So all the T markers have a number on them. It was a shovel for the sandbox, like a little kid's shovel. And so the yardage for the hole is on those. Well, on the second morning that only me and one other brave soul, John Mark went out there. Um, we met the keeper of the laser and his job is he collects, he picks up the T marker from one hole and takes it to the next hole and goes and lasers to the pin so it's a, almost a living course. Like the tee boxes are really that adaptable. And I thought that was fascinating. So if you were playing there multiple days, you're going to get a totally different experience from day to day. I don't know that the someplace like the cradle, that's necessarily true. 
the second key thing, the second time we went around, I enjoyed it. I thought the shots were interesting. There were some really funny greens, really extreme things to deal with. Some some tiers and plateaus and uh, beer ritz concept. Um, you know, really good rumpled ground. Very easy to end up in a bunker. Uh, we had a guy lose a ball in the first hole of the sandbox. Did not see that. Did not have that on my bingo card. Um, but there, in addition to all of this short course par three deal, uh, it also sets up as a putting course. They have a separate set of tees to each green for putting. And I think, you know, I thought that was vastly more fun than the par three game because it was a true par three. It was not a pitch and putt. You know, there were very, there were one or two holes that might've been in that 60 yard range, you know, that kind of comically short and fun. Um, but as a putting course to see your ball on the ground the, the entire time and have to judge and manipulate those slopes and your, your distance, a little bit of uphill, a little bit of downhill. Um, that was, I thought that course, the greens really shone through um, as a putting course. So that's something different. You know, every, most other places have a, a separate, you know, there's the thistle do at Pinehurst right next to the cradle at abandon. They've got the preserve and then a Himalayas putting course that kind of mirrors St. Andrews. I thought the putting course was especially for kind of what our purposes would be it, for the golden hour late at night. Yeah. Take one ball out there with your putter and it would have been, would have been a, a different fun experience. Um, might've been worth, but to your point, Matt, those were 40,000 step days. If we did the, uh, for our little fitness trackers when on the days that everybody played the sandbox, everybody kind of came in around that number. So yeah, that's a, that's a lot of wear and tear for all the office jockeys that we are. Um, finally, we'll get to mammoth dunes aptly named mammoth dunes. That's David McClay kids course up there with literally some of the widest fairways in the world. Um, and I thought that I enjoyed that course. I thought it was all about the back nine. I mean, there was some fun and there were some memorable visuals, the front nine, um, you know, that, that first par five, Fred, when we played, you got in trouble going over the green, got down into that little swale and, you know, you're, you're just a, a dead man walking on that, that tight, sandy, firm turf. Uh, me being under a tree under the par three, there's, there's one tree in play on the whole golf course and my ball comes to rest on it above a green, you know, it was fun video to, to get on my knees and have to hit a club backwards down the hill. And it didn't stop rolling for a hundred yards. Um, but the, again, it's, it's called mammoth dunes for a reason. You're, you're playing in and around those dunes and the scale of the place is it's hard to believe that it's just one golf course there. I mean, I'll, I'll open the floor up to, to Fred on this one. Uh, impressions of uh, mammoth dunes, brightest memories. I will, I would tell you that I went into playing that course very skeptical. Um, as anyone that, you know, as, uh, has listened to my comments of the castle course, know that I am not a fan. Um, I have cursed, um, Mr. Kid on multiple occasions. Um, no offense, you know, overall, but sometimes those things just need to get out. Um, so, um, I will say that my trip through Mammoth Dunes, I was, um, I was waiting just to kind of explode on him again. 
Um, I was looking for a reason to yell at the poor man. Um, I, I did not find one. I, I, I liked the course a lot. I, I actually feel like I probably liked it better. I enjoyed playing there more than I did Sand Valley. Um, I, I, I love the, the, the amount of different shots that I ended up hitting on that, on, on that course. Um, I, I know Dave, you're talking about that par three, the, you know, the, the one tree there that you aim at, you end up underneath of it. Um, and little backhanded, what was it? A driver that you just tried to punch down the hill to get it. And it, it didn't go a hundred yards, Dave. It went 200 yards. <laughs> um, it just kept rolling and rolling and roll. It would have made it to the tee box if the tee box wasn't, you know, you know, another 200 oh, yards uphill right. yeah, the other direction. Um, no. And then the very next hole was that drivable, or I will, I guess it's drivable short par four. Um, I, I loved that. I thought that was, you know, a lot of fun, you know, um, I felt as though it was, it, there was a little more to look at visually. Uh, I, I had a better sense of um, depth perception there. I'll say uh, a lot of those fairways, the, they were a little there, they weren't tight, but they were, there was, um, there was some of the taller grass that was on some of the Hills on the sides. They gave you a, a, a nice little frame of, of where we were going. I felt like there was a couple of the par threes had some trees behind them. That gives you that feel, you know, of, mm-hmm. of, of where you're hitting it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed, um, mammoth dunes a lot. Uh, the, the 18th hole was fun, you know, coming up and all of the folks, you know, sitting up there at the clubhouse and, and enjoying a, a nice drink after a cocktail afterward. It was fun. Um, the, I believe, I think I made a putt on, on, on seven or on 18 and there was like some fan reaction and it wasn't our group. So I thought that was, that was kind of fun. Um, I think I didn't hear a word from our group. It was some strangers that were actually cheering me on. So that's something to think about. Our group was barely conscious at that point. (laughs) That's probably true. That's probably true. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I like the, the, the setup, the, the clubhouse, you know, playing right away from the clubhouse and playing right back to it. Um, I thought it was a great backdrop. Uh, I was a big fan. I'll stop with that. The ball does not stop rolling at Mammoth Dunes to, to your point that it rolled 200 and not a hundred yards. Once there are places that unbeknownst to innocent golfers without a caddy that once you put your ball there, it is not going to stop rolling until it finds water the the lower levels what whatever something um yeah there there's a no mercy aspect to that that i was not expecting matt overriding kind of thematic thoughts of of mammoth dunes well i've got plenty but before i get there we need a brief interlude see for those who don't know fred may um i just want to go back over what he said which is he curses mr kid but wishes him no offense that is that's that's Fred May in a nutshell. That's that's why he is the way that he is. There's no one else who could possibly curse yet also wish wish no offense in any way. Um, with that said, Mammoth Dunes, I the first hole I thought was um, was a perfect indicator. There are two fairways. There's you know the lower one on mm-hmm. the left, the upper one on the right, and they are both normal fairways. There are there. Are, 
it is so darn big that I couldn't believe the first. I hit it not where I was trying to hit it off the very first tee at Mammoth Dunes. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, you're fine. You're right in the middle. What do you mean? That was a, that was a <laughs> pull with a draw. That was horrible. And, oh, yeah, no, you're fine. It's, you know, little, you just got a little bit of an uphill to the, to the green. No problem. And you get a lot of that. I mean, you get plenty of that at Sand Valley, but you get even more of it at Mammoth Dunes. Yeah. I, there are so many places to miss. To that point, my the worst shot I hit of the entire trip, big block slice, missed my target by 50 yards. And I thought, oh, that's going to, I'm going to get Lyme disease over there. No, I'm on the edge of the, I cut the corner and right on the edge of the fairway of a big par five dog leg right. Couldn't believe it. And John Mark, who was even further right than me, had caught a speed slope. It was a hundred yards in front of me because he had hit the perfect drive thinking he had hit it out of bounds. That's how big mammoth dunes is. Yep. For sure. And, um, uh, you know, some, I like the way that they use elevation there. Um, you know, there are, there are hills that are, there are holes that go up and then back down. There are holes that go up and stay up. Um, it, it seems to change often there. Um, there, w- there was never a feeling of, of re- repetition, um, even though the ground is relatively the same throughout. Um, it certainly doesn't, you know, it doesn't change really, but they did such a good job of routing it up and down and around, and, um, shortening some holes, lengthening some holes. Um, you know, there are plenty of holes. You guys mentioned the drivable one on, on the back there. Um, where you know depending on the tee you're you're playing driver it's a par four and driver could be too much because of the roll mm-hmm. um and then you juxtapose that with 18 18 zone 18 is a legit closing hole which for a par five is not always the case um but they stuck a par five that it's three shots um and it's three good shots the way that the way that they bring the water in from the left there um, it's uphill to that green, that green is not as big. I didn't feel as some of the others though, in retrospect, that's, you know, that's saying something because they're all, even the small ones are huge, but, um, you know, it, for God's sakes, let the people have a restaurant, Matt. I know, <laughs> I know it's, it was, it was a lot of movement and I thought it was, you know, very well done. Um, from that perspective, I compare you guys think on this while I, I throw some thoughts out 18 at forest dunes, forest dunes course versus 18 at mammoth dunes, two good, big par fives. But I, I want to point out a couple of different things. One, I was convinced going into this trip that somebody in our group might shoot their personal best score or personal best for a while at one of these courses. And while we didn't get an explicit, um, I don't don't know an explicit personal best, um, somebody that, you know, Jared of the the lower tier and Chad in the middle tier dominated. I mean, they did not, they, they were taking money out of Mark and my pocket uh, on the gross game because they, and these are guys that, uh, you know, the handicap card said are, are technically lesser skilled or, or not playing as well. And they, they were able to go out and have themselves a day, especially Jared in the net game. You know, all of our competitions are net. 
Um, and I had to write his name on a bunch of cash envelopes. So um, I thought, I thought the courses, I appreciated that that was kind of the way the courses were set up and the way the design set up that people that are, you know, maybe shoot in the nineties regularly or some of the shoots in the eighties regularly, but is capable of going low and also capable of going North of 90 could go out there and really put it together and have a good day there. Um, and so that, that came to fruition kind of, um, this was a trip. We'd never done it. We never played this few of courses, um, at our, our ultimate destination on a trip. So there's just the two full-size courses there and we played different yardages. You know, you guys are talking about a drivable green on the back. Well, on the second day, that wasn't drivable. You had a, a you know, hoping to catch the speed slot and the slope. Um, one of the fun things there was playing with John Mark and we were making fun. Clay Wortham was walking God's brown earth way out to the right up there. And we were laughing, like, what is he doing out there? How do you even, this is a hundred yard wide hole. How do you guess where we were right up there, right by his ball. After he got done walking down to the green, we hit a, two of us hit balls right over there. Um, all kinds of fun. But then I think the, the entire back nine really built um, to some great crescendo. For me, it might've peaked on that on 15 and then kind of just plateaued there. Um, but going, there were more heroic shot opportunities, I think on the back nine of Mammoth Dune than the rest of the resort, the way it's set up for me, the way I played them, where you've got a, a semi-blind shot or heroic carry. Um, you can cut, you could take some chances with some angles you had big, some big split fairway opportunities. I mean, the, the cross bunkers, one of the things I loved about both those courses that they weren't afraid to put an object right in the middle of your way. There was none of this PGA tour. Let's, let's hide the bunkers way over to the right inside the dog leg and surround it with a bunch of rough. No, there, there were things that made you make a decision, but it wasn't just a, a hard dog leg of, am I going to hit driver or not? It's, it's no, do I, do I, it's that look in the mirror. It's like, can't, do I really hit my club that far? You know, there, there's no, there's no place to hide with that there. Um, so I, I thought those were interesting points. Um, but yes, that stretch of maybe just going backward, 18 big par five. is great. 17 is all about the angle. If you're brave enough to go way out to the left, you've got a beautiful look at that green, but it's further um, and you bring more trouble in, which is just a, a classic strategy that that short par three before that 16, just a, a great get your ball on the green and watch it roll around. Um, there was no there was no hit, spin and stop on any of, of these greens. They were too firm um, and too fast, too dry um, on 15 green. We had John Mark kind of in the Valley of Sin. I don't know if you guys were in the vicinity, but he took like eight shots to get from the green side, closely mown area onto the green. And then once he got up there, he promptly putted it back off the green, back down into the Valley of Sin left of that green. It was beautiful. Um, it's just one of those. He was, he was determined to hit a certain, he thought he could pull off a certain shot. And of course I pull out my Texas wedge, like, no, no, here's what you do. And you hit it hard enough so that you don't have to hit it again. Um, the one before that, the drivable par four, 
where the big downhill left, I guess it was 14. Um, the best Vista. Fred, I, I don't remember if you were with me, but we look, I could look from that tee box to the north and see where they were watering the Lido course. I know you've got Lido fever, uh, unlike anybody else. And we could actually see that the sprays of water were so high on the sprinkler system off a couple of miles in the distance. And I thought, wow, that, you know, the par three before that, that big with the big giant waste area, just the, um, wasn't really, I mean, on a straight line, it wasn't that hard a shot, but you just had this, all this vigil intimidation. And then your caddy telling you, oh yeah, and there's a, there's a big hole behind it. You don't want to go long. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this just became the hardest 130 yard shot in the world. Um, so just a lot of, a, a lot of that really kind of, for me, got my adrenaline going. Um, and that was, I did not expect that on a course as big and grand in scale as Mammoth Dunes. Here's something I want to know out of, out of both of you. Did you on all the non-par threes? Did you hit driver? I think I did. I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Matt. No, I, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I mean I, I I think I did. I don't think there. I don't. I can't remember. Can't remember a hole where I hit. I hit a three wood off the tee. No. Which is which is interesting because. From the tees we played Sand Valley the first day or the second day, that's a sub 6,000-yard golf course, one of them. Uh, it, one of the routings, we moved up a tee, and we're like at 5,950, 5,900 yards. Um, was no less fun at all. You know, we, I don't know how much – our golf egos aren't gigantic, I don't think, in our group, but if, you had, if I had had to tell you guys beforehand, yeah, we're playing a, basically playing the whites at Picadome second time around i think there might have been a little pushback yeah probably um i I think i hit driver most of the time but a lot of that came down to the fact that i'm more comfortable with that club in my hand than i am with anything else i'm i'm probably more likely to hit a driver straight than i am to hit a three-wood straight um with that said i do remember a couple of times going for it Um, and part of it came down to, you know, we talk about that vertical movement. Part of the reason you can play 5,900 yards and still hit driver all the time is, you know, depending on where you're going, you may, you may hit and, and stop because the hill starts there. Um, they have it again. I, I was such a fan of the vertical movement, especially on Mammoth Dunes where it was, you know, great. You can hit it over here and that's probably where you want to be, but you're not going to get the roll or you can hit it way over there and it may roll down the hill and that might be good or bad, but congratulations. You just hit it 280, and you're 20 yards further away from the hole than you would have been if you'd have hit it 200 yards over there. Um, just because of the way that it slopes and the way that the, the hole is set up. So I think for it being, you know, not particularly lengthy, just the the vertical movement makes it so that driver is still an okay play a lot of the time. If you want to go that route. Okay. We're wrapping up our, what the, the non-golf aspects to wrap that up. I mean, I would call the, the aesthetic there, maybe rustic chic, you know, the, the, the clubhouse, the cabins, the lodging, um, 
all kind of clapboard board aged wood but you get inside and things are extremely nice some definitely the nicest bathrooms of any trip that we've been on i mean just really to say the least um amazing shower fixtures and design and big spaces um one of the things i learned from our caddy one day is that they do even being an all walking resort they do a ton of convention or corporate outing business because i was struck by how we were a group of nine and there were four cabins that could accommodate groups of eight or nine everything else was really small lodging like single rooms with one bed or two beds um, kind of all clumped together, but not anything with a big common area. And so once she said that, oh, yeah, we do more than 50 percent of their business, at least during the summer, was kind of corporate retreat and business. Then all of a sudden it made sense because you don't want HR's fuzzy little heads would explode if people were staying in a more communal setting on a retreat. And all of a sudden you've got to worry about things that you shouldn't have to worry about. Um the you know the restaurants were nice they really wanted you know you're so far away you know bringing groceries and cooking your own food is not an option um they don't even give you anything i guess we could have cooked on the fire pit technically like cavemen put put meat on sticks and just stood there until it, it didn't kill us um but it was was really nice I think the the target demographic for the restaurants are maybe a little more sophisticated than what our group is comfortable with. Uh, the the pub food was fine, I thought. But um, th- did you think it matched? Do you think it fit in the middle of nowhere? Um, no, I don't think so. I I think that I think they were they were probably shooting for a little you know, a little above where we were at, you know, with, with the options on the menu. I mean, we sat in the the bar area, you know, and, and ordered the food. Um, I walked to the restroom and by where they, the dining, the, I'll call it the restaurant was, and it was, um, it was kind of swanky, you know, it was, it was, I think you said, what was it? Chic, uh, rustic, chic. Ruck, rustic chic. Yes. I would, I would say that's a good term for it. If, you know, I was more familiar with using those words. Um, uh, it, the bar was a perfect place for us. Um, I thought the food was okay. Um, I, I would have been, I would have been more happy, you know, back at the, the common area, you know, making, I think we've made an assortment of food on our own before. And, um, I would have probably been happier doing that than, than staying at the bar area and doing that. But, um, like you said, they, they don't give you, you know, a lot of options. Matt. I would say that for our group, the restaurants were, were more than we needed. Um, if, but again, we're not, we're not the over 50% target demo there. If you're there for a corporate thing and you're only playing 18 that day, then you're getting together with, you know, the boss or the coworkers or whatever, and you want to sit down with the big glasses of wine and the little more, you know, refined environment. Um, they've got that nail. Yeah. Um, that seems to be, you know, they, they clearly made a determination that this is what they're going for. Um, I would love to see them have a step down 
option. Um, it's a, a, it's pub, a pub type. It's expense account heaven. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's what it seems. That's what it seems designed for. And I think my problem other than the tacos, of course, is that it, it kind of all seems driven toward that. Like they've got multiple options, but it seems to be multiple of the same kind of option um, where I think one stepped down, you know, for, and, and they try to have that with the bar area that we ate in, but even that was still, it, it was, it was a, a, a tick below, you know, what they're doing in the, at the white tablecloth restaurant, but, but probably not enough to be, a true step down different kind of option i don't think people do our trip there i think yeah. people show up they play 18 they spend the night and then maybe they play the sandbox do some corporate meeting work in the evening the next morning play eight play the other course and get out of there you know we yeah. we show up play 36 36 we were so tired at the end it's just give me the lowest common denominator food and beverage and and let me recoup um, yeah, I agree. It's I, I like I said, it's I, I think there's there just might not be enough of our kind of stuff to warrant it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to tell them how to how to make money. I think they're probably doing a pretty decent job of that on their own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was what I noticed is it seemed like all of the options were kind of similar. Gotcha. Fred, any closing thoughts on on Sand Valley, the Sand Valley Resort? Um, the, the area with the, the cabin, I don't know if the cabin is the right word. The cabin that we stayed at was phenomenal. Um, I thought that that by far was probably the best accommodation that, that we've had in any of the trips. I, I thought it was, it was almost perfect right we we had this we had this pond that was in front of us that was i felt like it was ours we had a little fire pit down by the pond you know you you look from the outside we had the the main area and we had these four little pods off of the main area and it was all connected by that balcony um it it was absolute i mean it was it was probably it was more than i thought that that would be there by by far um everything was was great um enjoyed that immensely i i i will say that i i wish i would have heated the uh the walking training a little more i wish i could have felt um felt a little more energized at the end of the evening to uh to utilize more of that um the the lodging aspect of it i mean there was that last day you know when we were settling up all of our our uh our charity work i'll call it um you know i was like guys i'm going to bed right i mean there there was not i felt like i i know that you guys played poker that night too but the po- the poker was kind of scaled down a little bit because i Very. think that it, it was it was we all had grand ideas of drinking a lot of beer and having a good time and i don't think there was a lot of beer drank because people were dog tired <laughs> Yeah, it was not. It wasn't a big uh, twelve pack and cheese curds type event. There, there was. Uh, we had one one degenerate member came in about I don't know about ten thirty eleven o'clock after the first thirty six whole days. Like, so we playing tonight? And there's like four of us sitting around there just in zombie speak. And he got the he got the hint. 
Um, yeah, all time low amount of evening shenanigans. Um, but yeah, as far as the space accommodating, everybody could be comfortable there in one big common room, a great place to kind of go through our, our group games and announce winners and hand out prizes and all of that. Um, so yeah, an utter success. I wonder as they build that out, the, the rumor is that they're going to have the grand plan is to eventually have six courses and six short courses just to be the abandoned uh, in Pinehurst of the Midwest. And it will be interesting to see which way their infrastructure goes as far as lodging. Do they do continue to go with the kind of host hotel style corporate resort lodging or do they build in more cabins, uh, you know, buddy trip type things? Um, so time will tell. We'll see. And, you know, if they add a couple of courses in 10 years, who knows? I'd be happy going back. I know there's some of our guys that that's all the walking golf they ever want to do right there in one fell weekend. But, um, you know, some courses as unique and magnificent as that uh, might be worth a return visit. Start training now, Fred. You've been warned. Duly noted. I hope they take that warning to heart because I am going to try to get these guys to abandon dunes in 2023. Hey, thanks for stopping by for this episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. Remember to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review for the show. Each time somebody leaves a five-star rating and review for this here podcast, Matt earns one extra ration of granola to sustain him through the long Ohio winters. Hope you've enjoyed what you heard here today. If you didn't like what you heard, sorry about that. Still can't do anything about it now, but I will try to do better next time. I promise. And I hope you will join me again next time here on the Blind Shots Podcast. Until then, stay safe, be smart, and enjoy quarter zip season out on the golf course. And as always, when you have the choice, do decide to go for it and take dead aim. Hey, are you recording yet? Maybe. Why? Because I'm not going to say anything. Because I might be the only person on that planet that listens to the very end of the <laughs> podcast, and I'm always on there oh, saying no, something dumb. <laughs> well, that's why that's why we all listen, Fred. That's yeah. the whole point. I mean, I, I hang on till the bitter, bitter end just in case they stuck a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I may never wear golf shoes again, though.